Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. On October 7th, the world awakened to images of the most brutal, unprovoked massacre of innocent people since World War II. The terrorist organization known as Hamas chose one of the holiest days of the year for the Jewish nation to break down their barriers, infiltrate Jewish communities, kill men, women, and children, burn their homes, mutilate their bodies, rape their children, decapitate their babies, ransack homes for valuables, and take about 150 hostages back to their terrorist enclave in the Gaza Strip. In just a short period of time, the death toll reached 1,500 people, including 27 American citizens. Many world leaders fortunately have condemned the annihilation, but others have supported Hamas. News media, not surprisingly, have been filled with their slant on this atrocity to Israel, even blaming Israel for the problems. But what is the real truth behind this slaughter? Who is Hamas and why did they do this? Understand, this is a religious war, not a political one. I'm Debbie Blank, wanting to share with you the facts and the truth behind what has now been declared a war, as well as looking to see if this war matches up with any end times Bible prophecies. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. We've seen a flood of gruesome video and pictures of the violence and destruction in Israel. We've heard moving eyewitness testimonies from survivors, first responders, and grieving families of innocent people brutally killed, kidnapped, or missing at the hands of the terror group Hamas. While Hamas justifies and celebrates the attack, and leaders in Iran brag about being the hands, feet, and mind of Hamas, thousands of demonstrators around the world either just don't believe it's true, or they support Hamas. And as one New York protester, who is concerned about innocent deaths if Israel goes into Gaza, asserted, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. So is a wider war inevitable? The Bible is crucial in helping us understand what's really going on and in shedding the light of Bible prophecy on what is about to happen very soon. We talked not long ago about the Psalm 83 war, which includes the countries surrounding Israel and how they would come in and try and massacre the Israelis. Well, this is just one of those people who surround Israel. Hamas is a terrorist organization. They're Palestinians who have control of the Gaza Strip. But this is a religious war. They not only want the entire land of Israel for themselves, they want it because they believe Allah has given it to them. They say that because they had control of that land for a period of time in the past, therefore it is their land. Forget the fact that Israel was first given the land by God. Forget the fact that Israel was also given the land by the United Nations in 1948. But the Palestinian Hamas and the other radical terrorist Muslims in the Palestinian enclave believe that this is a holy war where they are to rout out all the Jews and take over the land. So who is Hamas? Hamas is the terrorist arm of the Palestinian Authority in the Gaza Strip. 
Their name is an Arabic acronym for the Islamic Resistance Movement. Now that says it right there. They are an Islamic terrorist organization, much like the mullahs are in Iran. They are a terrorist Islamic movement also, which is also why they're supporting Hamas in the Gaza Strip, because Iran wants to wipe Israel off the face of the earth, and so does Hamas. Hamas was founded in 1987 as a spinoff of Egypt's Muslim Brotherhood. Muslim Brotherhood is an Islamic, religious, social, and political terrorist movement. And not only that, but offshoots of the Muslim Brotherhood besides Hamas include the Islamic Jihad, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Boko Haram. It's not surprising then that our own Secretary of State has equated the massacre that took place in Israel with ISIS, with the horrible degradation of the ISIS terrorists and what they did to people in other countries. One of the things that's interesting about the coordination between Hamas and the other organizations that are mostly backed by Iran, but the whole Muslim resistance um, worldwide comes down to a plan that they are executing right now that was formulated by Al-Quds force commander Qasem Soleimani. If you'll remember, this Soleimani was the one who was assassinated during the Trump administration. He is the one responsible for so much of the death and destruction in the Middle East. He was the brains behind all of that. This particular plan was planned out by Soleimani in January of 2020. So they have been planning this for a while. And it says just one day before he was assassinated, Soleimani outlined the future plan for the resistance factions and the way they would interact with one another. They're celebrating the fact that in spite of his death, his plan is going on. We have to understand that Hamas is not about peace. They have said in their charter, Israel will exist and continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. So this, quote, religion of peace called Islam isn't a religion of peace, but of war to turn the whole world, but specifically right now, Israel and the Middle East, into an Islamic enclave and force everyone there to turn to Islam or, obviously, as they've done in Israel, be killed. They say in their charter also, the day of judgment will not come until Muslims fight Jews and kill them. Then the Jews will hide behind rocks and trees, and the rocks and trees will cry out, Oh, Muslim, there is a Jew hiding behind me. Come and kill him. Now, does that sound like a peaceful organization? No. Now, their new charter of 2017 has changed some of the verbiage, but they still say that the, quote, real state of Palestine is a state that has been liberated. There is no alternative to a fully sovereign Palestinian state on the entire national Palestinian soil with Jerusalem as its capital. What that means is no Israel, no Jews in the land, 100% of Israel belonging to the Palestinians. When we look at what they teach their children in their schools, all the Palestinians, not just the Hamas, They teach them that there's no Israel. They show them a map of Israel, but it says Palestine across that. They teach them to hate the Jews because the Jews have stolen their land from them. They teach their kids to be jihadists, to kill the Jews no matter what, even if it means their own life. And if they give up their life, then they're rewarded from Allah with all these supposed virgins and other things that will benefit them in the afterlife. 
So you understand that this may be a political war over the land, but ultimately it's a jihad. It's a Muslim belief that they own this land for Allah. It is theirs in its entirety, and they can do anything, anything that they want to get rid of the Jews. And when you spoke about, and the rocks and trees will cry out, O Muslim, there is a Jew hiding behind me, come and kill him. Isn't that from the Quran or is that from the Hadith? It's from one of their holy writings. It's not just something they made up. That's correct. So they are following their writings from the Quran. As a matter of fact, let me read you a couple of other Quran quotes. One is from the Quran, chapter 4, verse 55, that says, Sufficient for the Jews is the flaming fire. In Ishkak 5.24, it reads, We cannot accept the oaths of the Jews. Their infidelity is so great, they swear falsely. And then another in Ishak 2.50 reads, The bestial transformation occurred when Allah turned Jews into apes, despised. Clearly in the Quran, they're told to hate the Jews. And in their charters, they are also. Now remember, Hamas is the military arm of the Palestinian Authority that rules the Gaza Strip. But the Palestinian Authority that is supposed to be the one in the West Bank that is more tolerant, that is willing to make a peace agreement with Israel, so they say, but they've never done it, even though they've had dozens of chances over the last hundred years. Their charter reads, Palestine is the homeland of the Arab-Palestinian people. It is an indivisible part of the Arab homeland. In other words, if it's indivisible, they're never going to share it with Israel. It's all Palestine or it's nothing, which is why they've never accepted the peace agreements. And they say in Article 9 of their charter, armed struggle is the only way to liberate Palestine. This is the overall strategy, not merely a tactical phrase. They're saying that they're going to do whatever it takes to kill and to take over the land by force so that the Palestinians can control the land. So you have a terrorist group with clear beliefs that the Jews need to be annihilated. The Koran says that, and even the PLO charter says that. How can Israel ever have peace with people who don't want peace with them? Golda Meir, who was the Prime Minister of Israel 50 years ago during the Yom Kippur War, which was similar to what we saw the last few weeks, she once said that we'll only have peace when the Palestinians love their children more than they hate the Jews, because they use their children for the fighting and for killing of the Jews, and then their children die. And then we have the Hamas sympathizers, the ones that are around the world, the ones that are in our own country. It's obvious to me that they must not know a lot of the things that you've just read. In fact, I heard somebody on a program um, insisting that Muhammad had been a Christian, and the only thing that was different was really that they killed people that were worshiping idols because those people burned their children. But in general, he was equating them with Christians and Christian beliefs. So I'm just wondering how many people who are sympathizing with Hamas really know what's going on and what you just read. That is one of the major problems with fake news. And speaking of fake news, we've seen a lot of it from the news media. The Washington Post said, quote, humanitarian crisis unfolding in Gaza, hospitals running out of supplies amid siege. Well, is that true? Probably. 
However, it doesn't say what happened in Israel. They're focusing on suffering in Gaza. Even though Israel sent leaflets into Gaza, they used messaging, they did everything they could to contact the civilians in Gaza to tell them to move south because they were coming in to invade the country in order to rout out these terrorists. So Israel's following humanitarian rules and laws But the Hamas is not. And the news media is supporting Hamas by reporting things like this. The USA Today said the U.S. death toll rises. Hamas denies targeting kids. Well, we've seen pictures. We know from eyewitness accounts what they did to these children. They massacred them. They shot children multiple times and then hung them on fences with their mother's bras. Now, how humanitarian is that? You can say that you're not targeting kids, but they specifically went in and did that very thing. And they're targeting young children, taking them back to Hamas, but raping them in the process. The last day of the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles, they went to this festival that was all kids, and they gunned down as many as they could in this festival. So they do kill kids and they lie about it, and the news media picks up on it. The leader of Hamas, Ishmael Hananiah, said, quote, we repeat that we do not target civilians, either adults or children, end quote. And yet the terrorist organization Hamas released videos taken by its operatives showing them shooting unarmed civilians, showing them torturing the people, like I've already mentioned, that they tortured. So they say one thing that they want the press to pick up on, and then their actions show another. And Israel has already showed captured documents from the Hamas organization instructing the terrorists to kill and capture civilians, especially women and children. We again have that as proof of the Hamas's own work, that they say one thing, but they do the opposite. British Bahani's strategic affairs analysis named Amjad Taha shared a video on X showing an improvised explosive device detonated on the evacuation route of the Gaza Strip, where the civilians are trying to go south to get out of harm's way, and the Hamas is trying to prevent them to go to safety. So they're blowing up the roads, but they're also blowing up the cars and the people in the process. Why would you want your civilians killed? Why wouldn't you want them to get out of harm's way? Because they want the carnage shown on the videos all around the world. So people will support this movement. So the Muslims will get behind them and start an intifada all over the world. I know that people were sympathizing with the civilians, the people who would be innocent in Gaza and would be hurt and pointed to the fact that Israel has told them to flee, which would be a benevolent thing. They've told them to flee, but they complain, well, where are they supposed to go? There's no place for them to go. At the same time, as they try to go to Egypt, they are preventing them from getting there. They're going to blame Israel for that. And even Egypt, Egypt is not opening their gates to let them in. Egypt doesn't want them. Now, this is an Arab state that you would think would open their gates and let them through, but they don't want the terrorists either. And understand, Israel is shooting in rockets to the northern part of the Gaza Strip. That's why they want the civilians to flee to the south so they won't be harmed. So why are people supporting Hamas? Because they, as you said, don't understand the true facts. 
and they don't like Israel. That's really the bottom line. One of the reasons that the Palestinians, through the Masir, gain accreditation by people is that they see Israel as an apartheid state, subjecting the Palestinians instead of understanding that Israel was given their land. The Palestinians were also given the land at the same time in 1947 by the United Nations. They could have had a state at the same time Israel declared nationhood, but they chose not to because, again, they want all of the land, not part of it. If Palestinians had declared statehood at that time, they wouldn't be seeing the wars that they have now, or at least we think they wouldn't be until we realize it's a religious war. But again, Israel was given this land. The other land that they had, like the Gaza Strip that they gave up, but that they had access to, and the West Bank, were won later in subsequent wars that the enemy perpetrated on Israel. So when a nation gains territory by war, it becomes their territory. Palestinians can say all that they want, that it's theirs, but it never was theirs. And then what was given to them that they really didn't accept was won by Israel in other wars. Israel put up walls and fences, not so much to keep people out because they let Palestinians into their country all the time in order to work there, but to keep the terrorists out. Do you know that Israel actually has Palestinians on their governing board, the Knesset? It'd be like Palestinians being in our Senate and Congress because Israel allows everyone in their country to have the same rights. And that includes serving in political offices. Even though the Palestinians desire to get rid of Israel, Israel allows them to be on their ruling body. Is that a group of people that hate the Palestinians? No, they want peace with them. They want to work alongside of them, but they get no cooperation from the Palestinians. When we speak of Gaza, we hear that it's an occupied territory. When we go back to 2008, we know that all the Jewish settlers in that area were removed and I think it was about 8,000 people that they removed from their homes, either voluntarily or we saw scenes on television, on the news, where they dragged people out of their homes and made them leave. It was really some striking video when you saw that, so that it could be a completely Palestinian territory, and it was up to them to govern themselves. Israel left infrastructure in Gaza. They left greenhouses that some people had said maybe we should destroy them, but they thought, no, let's give them a chance to have something where they can come in and build a society for themselves. What Hamas did when they came in was destroy all of it. They also had a fight between Fatah and Hamas over who was going to govern, and it was a bloody, terrible fight infighting between the Palestinians that were living in Gaza at the time. Some of the death and destruction was perpetrated from one part of the Palestinians who wanted to govern against the other. So let me review that, because that is so important. Israel, in the hopes of having peace and helping the Palestinians have an actual country, they gave up territory that was theirs, the Gaza Strip, which had originally been controlled by Egypt. Israel won it in the Six-Day War, and they had Palestinians as well as Israelis living in the Gaza Strip. But in order to develop peace, they were willing to give up that Gaza Strip. Understand that the Palestinians will never allow any Jews in their territory. 
The Jews allow Palestinians in theirs, but the Palestinians will not because they hate the Jews. So Israel did what they had to do. They evacuated, as you said, all the Jews from the Gaza Strip so that the Palestinians could have their first semblance of a democracy, of land that is theirs, of an area that they fully controlled, that they could build into the Singapore of the Mediterranean. But instead, they became a terrorist enclave because during the elections, as you mentioned, the terrorist group Hamas gained control of the Gaza Strip. Now, understand, even with their terroristic controls, they have built a land that has five-star hotels in them. They also have luxury stores where people could buy luxury items. They have food and clothing and hospitals and everything that you need. When they talk about the Palestinians living in refugee camps, just look at the pictures that you're seeing of Gaza. Those are nice homes and apartments, just as everyone has in Israel. So the Gaza people had all kinds of opportunities from the aid that was given to them from the United States and from the Palestinians and even from Israel, as well as Saudi Arabia and other countries. They had the opportunity to build it even better. But instead, the Hamas took most of the money and used it for government terrorism. Therefore, the Palestinians have 47% unemployment rate because the leaders have not built an infrastructure for the people, only for the leadership. Because the reality is, the Hamas have proven they don't care about their people. Now that's a broad statement, except that it has been proven that the Hamas will fire their rockets from hospitals, schools, apartment buildings, any place where there are civilians, because they know that the Israelis will then target the place where the rocket was shot from in order to rout out the terrorists. In the meantime, innocent civilians are being killed because that's where Hamas has placed their rockets. And they know that. They want more than anything for the images of their innocent people to be on the news so that they will get the sympathy from the world. It's a game. It's a horrible, evil game perpetrated originally by the Muslim Brotherhood. We've seen it in Boko Haram. We've seen it in ISIS. Now we see it clearly in Hamas. And we have an idea now of what these innocent Israelis have to live with every single day. I was at one of these kibbutzes one time, just minutes away from Gaza. They have 15 seconds to get to a shelter once the Hamas shoots off rockets to innocent people unprovoked. Hope you'll learn more about the true history of what's going on here and not take what you're learning on the news media because it is not all accurate. So let me answer the question, what does this have to do with Bible prophecy or does it have anything to do with it? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew 24, 6, you'll be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you're not frightened for those things must take place, but this is not yet the end. That passage was given to Jesus' followers, the Jews. I believe it's talking about wars and rumors of wars in Israel in these last days. But we know that along with that statement, Jesus said that these are the beginnings of birth pangs. What are they trying to do? They're trying to weaken Israel. Not only take it over, but weaken their manpower, kill their soldiers, and destroy their armaments because they want to destroy Israel. It could also be a precursor 
to the Psalm 83 war. That Psalm 83 war encompasses the Arabs all around Israel who are being called by the Hamas along with other Muslims around the world to go in and continue jihad against Jews, but also against the Western civilization. It could also be a precursor to the Gog and Magog war. Now, the Psalm 83 war encompasses the nations that live around Israel. The Gog and Magog war are made up of Russia, Turkey, Iran, Sudan, and Libya. If you look at the background, Iran and Russia are working hand in hand in a lot of the things they're doing, and Turkey is also. It's very possible Iran obtained armament and wisdom and military strategy in order for Hamas to pull this off. Perhaps Russia is just waiting for Israel to be weakened so that they can come in, as we read in Ezekiel 38 and 39, in order to take spoil from Israel. And at the same time, Iran can come in and destroy Israel so that the Muslims can take over that land. It could also be a precursor to the Isaiah 17 war on Damascus, because Syria is one of those countries that we talked about a few weeks ago who desires to destroy Israel. Damascus is in Syria. Matter of fact, Israel has already shot rockets into Damascus to destroy parts of their runways and other aspects of the airport so that they cannot bring armament into that territory from Iran. So there's a lot of things that this particular war could be a precursor to, but it itself is not mentioned in Bible prophecy. The point is that all the pieces have been coming into play for the last couple of dozen years, and now they are right there. We could see any of these wars that I've just mentioned occur at any time. God has set the stage for Jesus' return. How long is it going to be? We don't know because nobody knows the day or the hour. But we do know that Jesus is coming. We know from the signs of the times that he's coming soon. And that means that we need to be ready and we need to be praying for Israel because God's plan for the return of Jesus is to return to Israel for his people, the Jews. Therefore, they need to be safe and they need to be protected and they need God to do that. So pray, pray for the families of the dead and for the hostages, especially what horrible experiences they're going through, we're told. Pray for safety and protection. Pray for peace. We know ultimately the peace won't come until Jesus, the Prince of Peace, returns to this earth. But pray for that peace. And give. Give to solid organizations, Christian organizations that are helping those people out in Israel. One of them is the Joshua Fund by Joel Rosenberg, where they're giving all kinds of supplies and helping right there in the territories to minister to the Jewish people, the Joshua Fund. Another one is ICEJ, the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem, ICEJ. They also are doing things to help out the Israelis. You want to put your money where the Christians will be recognized as helping out so they can show the love to Israel. And maybe, just maybe, Israelis will come to know their Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is another thing we need to pray about. Pray again for Israel in this impossible situation that they will turn to their God. 
If you look at the Old Testament, God allowed destruction to come upon them because they turned away from God. They need God. And when they find their God, they will find their Messiah. We need to pray fervently for them, give where we can, and just continue to look up. Because based on what we're seeing, our redemption draws near. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.